0: Welcome to The Bus, a Bank Automation News podcast. My name is Henrik Nilsson, and I'm the Senior Associate Editor of Bank Automation News. In this podcast, we will hear from Hugh Shannon, Head of Sales and Customer Success at Oak North. He discussed how AI is improving the commercial loan process. Maybe the starting point
1: is around look, what's, what's the challenge with the traditional approach to commercial lending? Uh, where AI and you know technology is not used in a large extent. So, just just to, to walk through some of the elements there. So traditional commercial lending, you know, relies upon credit analysis and underwriting, um, and the approach that banks take is often a fundamental approach. So, banks capture historical financials from a borrower. They ingest those. Build them into financial model, usually using a program such as Excel, you know, and use that to calculate cash flow, balance sheet, income statement, and associated financial and credit metrics. They then use that on a pro forma basis and on a sensitized basis to stress the borrower and understand: is this borrower going to be able to repay the loan? Are they going to be able to service the interest, principal payments, et cetera? And that's obviously important for banks, right? Because you know, they're earning single-digit percentage interest on a loan, but if the loan defaults and there's no security there, they could lose all of the, the balance of the loan. Um, so another thing that banks do as well is they look at um, peer analysis and, you know, really benchmark um, a borrower's performance against peers to understand, look, how has it performed historically and does that provide an indication of how they look into the future now there's other aspects as well to underwriting but if you think about those two very manual processes very human capital intensive um and there arises limitations because of that you know there's there's human error that's involved there's inconsistency in approach for analyzing borrowers for example that are in a similar risk industry, but because you're going from a fundamental square one analysis, maybe having an inconsistent approach in the analysis, um, banks may not be capturing underlying shifts in the industry that they're lending into. You know, so for example, one bank um, that we work with describes, you know, the automotive industry... Um, and the automotive parts supply is a part of that in manufacturing, they can look at a borrower and say, look, fundamentally, this borrower looks great. It looks good against peers. It's got good cash flows. But they're ignoring the fact that there's a marked shift in the automotive industry away from internal combustion to EVs, right? So if you're not capturing that underlying shift, there's a challenge as well. Um, And I think a final piece that's a challenge with the, the current approach is, The risk models that banks are using are based on historical data, historical experience, historical economic and credit cycles. Um, But if you think back just over the past two years as we've gone through COVID, that was really an unprecedented economic event. And if you actually start to pull apart the, the macro variables at play, the massive spike in unemployment that we saw really in all markets globally, historically, if you saw that spike in unemployment, you would see a real dip in GDP. You'd see a rise in you know, personal bankruptcies. You'd see a rise in, you know, businesses going into insolvency, but we didn't see that play out, right? So you need a model that's much more adaptable. So those are some of the challenges of the current approach. Um, Thinking about look, how can AI improve that approach just generally and in terms of what we're doing at Oak North, right? So our approach at Oak North is to say we still want to maintain elements of that fundamental credit analysis, but also we need to be able to bring in elements of auto- automation to that um, to drive more consistent outcomes, to drive ultimately credit outcomes that are considering the the economic environment. Um, So the way that we do that is we analyse each borrower within the context of its geography and a very granular industry um, and then monitor it relative to that industry performance and peer performance, right? Right. That enables banks to have an independent approach to risk and their provisioning and really challenge the approach that they're taking today. AI comes into it, and, you know, we can talk a bit more about that, um, in that it allows us to build out a much more granular approach to that financial and credit analysis, allows us to have a better sense of how businesses will potentially perform
0: under different forward-looking economic environments. You you mentioned that it allows you to go into granular level. What do you mean by that, and and how does it work? Sure. Um, So,
1: again, if you think about a traditional approach to commercial lending, banks at best are probably breaking down the universe into, you know, A dozen or maybe 20 different sectors as they think about um as they think about analyzing credits right so they would say hospitality is one sector right which is covering everything from hotels to full service restaurants to fast food restaurants right and say manufacturing is another sector which you know, to come back to my previous example, is going to capture auto parts manufacturing but not differentiate between a manufacturer for internal combustion engine parts versus electric vehicle parts. Our approach at Oak North is to say, again, if we think about the business performance and the credit performance of borrowers in those different sectors oh, across the economy, we need to be able to get more granular in that analysis, right? And if you come back to, you know, my first point around um, that fundamental human-driven credit analysis, you know, the approach a human would say was, look, let's start with a general model, let's bring in the financials, but like, you know, I'm working in Excel here, right? But I'm going to start to make all these, you know, one-time adjustments to capture the idiosyncrasies of an individual borrower, right? At Oak North, we say, well, look, that's inherently an inefficient process. It's an inconsistent process. It's not scalable, right? But rather we can, what we do is we say, look, let's split the economy into a very granular view of industry by industry. So currently we break that out into more than 270 industries. And for each of those, we create um, industry models. Um, or forecast models that combine both bottom-up industry forecasting um, as well as, you know, the data set that we're building out. You know, currently we have over $400 of US commercial lending going through our credit intelligence product, for example, right? So what we then do at that granular industry level is feed that data through our AI ML models and use those models to identify for each individual sector what are macro drivers that explain the performance of that sector on a historical basis? And then we do an overlay to encapsulate, you know, what are the current market dynamics, et cetera, so, you know, COVID and and what have you, right? What that then means is that we can build out those forecast models driving from external data but across those 270 industries they're each differentiated because they're picking up different macro drivers and other drivers that that inform the performance. With that scenario what we then do is we bring in borrower level data from the bank, combine it together with the you know that industry forecast to come up with automated forecasts of potential borrower performance under different scenarios right so that means you know whether a bank's at the point of origination of new loans or monitoring his existing loan book or going through an annual review process it can incorporate those industry level views on a forward-looking basis to understand where are Borrowers within my portfolio that are potentially more at risk, where are the borrowers that are less at risk, and then take a differentiated approach in terms of how they actually analyze and ultimately spend time with those borrowers, um, and then can drive overall efficiency and better credit outcomes.
0: Can you talk about your efficiency ratio as well? Yeah, so, so Oak North, I'm a part of our software business
1: um, at Oak North, which we call Oak North Credit Intelligence. However, at Open North, we actually started um, with our founders founding a bank, um, Open North Bank in the United Kingdom. So the bank is still, um, still running and, and it's been a really successful story over the past seven years. So we have our bank as our sister business to our software business. Software business. Um, so the efficiency ratio, you know, it's a, it's a typical... Uh, or a common financial metric that um, banks look to measure as a measure of their performance. Um, You know, in the US, we call it efficiency ratio. In other markets, um, often called a cost to income ratio. And really all it is is a measure of the operating cost of running the business as the numerator and the denominator is the, the revenue of the bank, right, from lending and other fee income, right? So the more... The, the lower that number is, the more efficient a bank is, right? Um, so within Oak North Bank, um, which is really the, you know, the first customer of our Oak North Credit Intelligence suite, and really, you know, we spun out of the bank itself. Um, as I mentioned, the bank's been in operation for seven years. Um, it's lent around $10 billion US equivalent to, um, and has done that with a 26% efficiency ratio. So that means, you know, for every dollar or pound sterling of income or of revenue that the bank achieves, it only costs us 26 cents or pence um, to produce that dollar of revenue. Now, if you compare that to banks in the US, um, across the entire US, banks have an, have an efficiency ratio in the low sixty so percent, it sort of bounced around between sixty-one and sixty-three percent over the past year. So there's obviously a, a massive difference in efficiency that we've been able to achieve with Oak North Bank, right? Um, you know, and that's couple, you know, and that helps to drive you know really strong return on assets, return on equity, and and a strong capital position for the bank, right? And um, the reason that we've been able to see that in the bank is through the application of our software through the application of you know, oak north credit intelligence because by you know bringing in these sector level forecasts by bringing in the automation it really drives down the cost of underwriting these loans initially of monitoring the loans of going through an annual review process um you know and for a bank the you know, human capital is a huge component of the costs, right? So if you can drive down, you know, the amount of human capital needed to service, you can drive down the cost and drive down the efficiency ratio. And, you know, beyond the bankers we work with, you know, other partners, um, you know, predominantly in the US, that's a key factor for them considering adopting, you know, Oak North Credit Intelligence is, that ability to drive down their costs um, in their commercial lending portfolio.
0: Is this a, a space where you see a lot of a lot of development in the future? And is there a lot of competition in this space? Look, a, a great question. If you take a step back, there is
1: continued development of or application of software into the banking space whether you think about that as transformation or whether you think about it as disruption, you know, it's almost two sides of the coin, right? If you think about the the timeline and approach to that and and where has that played out in the banking space and where do you see most of the activity taking place from fintechs either as disruptors or as partners, it's almost started from the sort of bottom up, right? And what I mean by that is you can think about uh, consumer banking, right? And really starting with the advent of credit cards and in the US, you know, Capital One was a big a big driver of that. The application of technology and enabling automated decisioning in terms of, you know, granting credit um, for credit cards and, you know, the monitoring and, and managing of a credit card portfolio. That then shifted up over time into small business banking, right? Where you see the application of technology and automation there. And again, that's one where banks are adopting the technology, but there's also a lot of non-bank lenders that are beginning to come in and disrupt, right? And you see the application of players, even like Amazon or coming in and offering lending products directly to merchants through their existing relationship. Um, As we get up into the commercial lending space, there's a huge focus by banks on technology, but I think it's, you know, probably fair to say that banks haven't seen the level of disruption in that space at the moment. Um, but as you talk to bank executives, banks, boards, I think there is an acceptance that that disruption will come, right? So banks need to make the investment. So where do, where do we see in the commercial lending space technology coming into play? I mean, banks have their core system, Um, Which you know, which again, there's a whole separate conversation around legacy cores versus sort of newer generation or cores based in the cloud. They have a spreading system, Um, but a lot of more recent focus by banks has been implementing workflow systems or loan origination systems um, in the commercial lending space, which is really taking a lot of their manual processes or processes driven by email or shared drive etc and bringing that into a cloud-based workflow tool um so you know there's players such as Encino that you know is built on top of Salesforce that are playing a lot in that space Um, what we would say is look we're really complementary to that because if you think about a workflow tool often what it is doing is really as I said it's taking a taking a human driven process and digitizing it but when i talk to banks about it often they say well look if you take our existing credit memo or credit analysis which exists in an excel spreadsheet and a word document that then gets turned into a pdf right if all you're doing is taking the data from that and putting it into a web-based platform but it's the same analysis and the same data going in like Yes, that makes my workflow a bit easier. Yes, it means I can find that information potentially a bit easier, but it doesn't fundamentally transform the way that I'm going about my underwriting or my monitoring, right? And again, like at best, what those systems are doing is I'm inputting information into it and I'm taking information back out, right? It's not really telling me anything that I didn't already know. It's just potentially organizing it a little better, Um, What we think about for credit intelligence is really with all that information, how can we actually derive better insights from it? So again, if you think back to what, you know, what I was explaining a few minutes ago, by bringing in, you know, one application of that is by bringing in that industry level outlook, combining that with the data that the bank has today, can that give you a, a differentiated view or score across your portfolio to say, look, these are the borrowers that are at higher risk. We we alert you to that ahead of time, go and spend time with them. Now, these are borrowers that are at lower risk. You should feel comfortable, you know, just continuing to sort of keep your active monitoring going on, but you don't need to go and spend as much time with them. So that's, that's the approach that we're taking there. Um, And again, that, you know, that's resonating with banks as they work through, you know, a modernization or transformation of um, their commercial lending process and the associated
0: technology uh, that comes with that. So you have several partners that you're working with, um, PNC, Capital One, and uh, Old National, just to name a few. Talk me through the Process of integrating your software. Um, you know what's the timeline, and is it difficult? Yeah, good good question. Um, so our
1: base product, um, we've consciously built that to be a standalone product, right? A standalone platform. So the actual onboarding process um, or integration process can be very short, right? it is reliant on getting the relevant borrower data from the bank. Um, but, you know, we have a data spec. We work through the bank to understand the systems that needs to come out of, um, you know, they can query those systems or their um, data lake, get that data to us. And once we get that, we can be running the analysis for them and giving them outputs, you know, in, in a matter of days or weeks, right? It's, it's a very, you know, quick process once we get the data. That said, I'd say, look, a, a challenge with getting customers on boarded, I'd say it's a couple of things, right? So one is just a question of prioritisation, the bank's decision-making processes, the onboarding process in terms of, you know, third-party vendor due diligence, um, going through procurement. Yeah, it can mean there's a lot of hoops to get to jump through. Um you know, and again, from from me, from a sales and customer success perspective, I'm very focused on that, which is like, how do we help to expedite that whole process and shorten the the sales cycle, right? Because again, like, it obviously benefits us, but it also benefits a bank when you're talking to, you know, leaders within the business, they're excited about working with you, like, they often, you know, that they don't want to go through a really lengthy process before you can get up and running. If people are excited, you want to be able to to get going, you know, as soon as possible, obviously understanding that we do, you know, we do need to go through the requirement required processes and, you know, checks, et cetera. Right. So I think that's, that's one challenge. Um, I'd say the other piece is, you know, to actually get full value is not just a question of, okay, look, we're, We've stood up Oak North Credit Intelligence. We're now giving you these insights. You know, that's it, right? Um, You do need to integrate into bank workflows, you know, their processes. Um, And this can take a longer period, you know, and potentially mean a sort of deeper technical integration. So, for example, the signals that our software produces that can exist you know, standalone in our Oak North application, or we can also feed them directly into existing bank systems or uh, LOSs like Encino so that Oak North insights show up on dashboards that their bankers or underwriters are already using. Um, and, you know, so that's the element of it. But then it's also how then, you know, do their policies and processes change so that if they're getting a Oak North red signal or an Oak North green signal, like how does that actually change their processes to ultimately drive a more overall efficient approach, but also get better credit outcomes?
0: What's next for Oak North and the Oak North credit intelligence?
1: Yeah, um, look, that's why they look at it. I mentioned earlier, you know, we're we're now at a point where we have over 400 billion um, of commercial uh, lending assets running through our software, which is like a very big number, but it's also only a very small fraction of the overall U.S. lending market. Um, And absolutely, look, as we continue to grow that data set, you know, that informs our our approach and our models, right? Right. if i think through you know what you know what's our vision or what's our aim it's really to continue to grow penetrate into the us market and really become um a standard accepted way that banks think about you know their commercial lending um you know much like the progress of other technologies in the commercial lending space you know the Adoption of spreading systems. Um, more recently, the adoption of you know LOSs. Um, you know, what's the next step from that? And and ultimately, what it will mean is, as that technological transformation slash disruption moves up market from small business banking into commercial lending, that the banks can really continue to compete um, and offer credit to commercial businesses, to lower middle market businesses. And, you know, at its core, that's why we're here at Oak North, right, It's to enable the access to credit, to funding for those businesses that are, you know, a core part of the overall economy, the growth engine, the employment engine, um, you know, whether that's in US or other markets. So, that's, that's how it all brings, that's how it all comes together. I mean, that's, the end is really um you know it's say, it's not a zero-sum game like it's a net benefit to banks being able to operate more efficiently but they can turn that efficiency into more lending more growth um, for the banks but that ultimately leads to more access to capital in the market and more economic growth uh for the economy as a whole
0: you've been listening to the bus a bank automation news podcast Please follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And as a reminder, you can rate this podcast on your platform of choice. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news.